Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you have joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. You decided to be here with us this morning. We honor your presence and we say um, thank you for joining us. Um, listen, as, as Pastor Ryan said, we had an amazing, uh, amazing week. We went to art conference. It was, it was just amazing just to be around other churches and as uh, Pastor Ryan said in our team huddle today, it's cool to see some of these big churches um, who were established. You know, you look at them like, dang, they're, they're big. But they started just like us. They started just like us and just hear their faith story. And then also, you know, us telling our faith story of how uh, Axios was uh, kind of just brought together. Man, it's just, it just in- encourages you to just keep on moving forward. Keep on trugging along, huh? Sometimes in life, that's all you can do. Just trust God and have faith and just move forward. Amen. I, I believe God is doing amazing things in this place. Um, yeah, God, God has blessed this church, and um, I hope he's blessed in your life as well. Do you love your church? Amen, amen, amen. Listen, if this is your first time here, my name is Eric. They let me be the pastor here. I don't know why, but, you know, that, that's what they do, all right? So, but it's an honor that you joined us here this morning. We've been in a series called I Am, and we're ending that series today. And we've been talking about the seven I Am sayings of Jesus. We see that Jesus has, uh, he presented himself. He had different names. God had different names. But there were seven uh, specific sayings that Jesus, when he came on the picture, he said these things was not because of just to say them. They weren't just words. They were attributes of his character. They were also attributes of what the kingdom of God he was trying to present in this world. He was not just a person of talk. He was a person of action. So when he was saying these sayings to the Israelite people, it was blowing their minds on some of the stuff that he was saying. It was revolutionizing the whole religious systems of the day. And he was just making some people a little bit mad with some of the stuff he was saying. Because some of the things that he was saying, it was shaking some people's faith. It was shaking some people's how how they grew up. Do you understand when you accept Jesus into your heart, it's not just something you do, it's something you become. Let me say that again. It's not something you just say. It's not just a prayer. Yeah, that's the beginning. But there has to be a becoming that we have to be more like Christ. And Jesus has brought this into the picture and gave us these seven I am sayings for us to live our life and for us to see the kingdom he was trying to present on this earth. And today we're going to finish with the last two, which I think are super important. We're going to focus on one, but I want to make sure I hit on this one so you can know the seven, but I want to really focus on the last one because it's one of the best ones. And are you ready? You got your notepads out, you got everybody online, you got your computers out. Let's take some notes to see what God wants to do in our life today. The first one that he, um, that we're going to talk about today, he says, I am the bread of life. In, in John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, and Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, prior to this uh, prior to this saying that he was doing, it was the miracle, the feeding of the five thousand. So this miracle was happening in this in this moment, and then Jesus comes in and says, "Hey, I am the bread of life." Because you have to understand, back then, food was not really accessible as much as it is today. I mean, it is a little crazy today now, but back then. 
it was, it, it, a lot of people were poor and food wasn't as accessible. So by Jesus doing this miracle of feeding 5,000, which will blow our minds even in today, I mean, a couple of loaves, a couple of fish, feeding 5,000, that was 5,000 men. That's not counting the women and the children as well. So they are mesmerized by this miracle that Jesus did. And then Jesus says, hey, you know that bread that you, you're, you're eating right now? I am the bread of life. And they're like, whoa, that's awkward. What are you talking about? You are the bread of life. It's because Jesus wanted them to know what substance you truly are living on. What substance you're living on. Because they were worried about a physical bread, but God was saying, I am the spiritual bread that you need. That in the physical, yes, you need food, but it's sometimes you can be spiritually hungry on the inside, and I'm the one to sustain that hunger. See, they were looking at Jesus more as a just a magician than more as a miracle worker. Because they saw Jesus doing this miracle, and they're like, hey, I want that every day. Like, can you do this every day? Like, can you show up on the picture, on, on the scene and do this like multiple? Uh, they were worshiping the provision and not the provider. So Jesus saw that real quick. They were like, hey, this guy, man, he can, he can, feed, he can feed all of us. If he can do this, what can he do with 300 pieces of loaf and 300 fishes? So they were so mesmerized by what Jesus can do and not mesmerized by who he was. So Jesus was like, hey, I see it. I know what you're talking about, but I need you to know that the miracles are great. But if you're not sustained by me in your soul, you will spiritually die. The question I ask for you today are, what is sustaining your life? Because we can try to do the Christian way and say, it's Jesus. But our actions don't show that sometimes. Somebody say money was be your, what's sustaining you. Relationships is what's sustaining you. Somebody say uh, an opportunity is probably sustaining you. But here's what I need you to understand. That those things are great and they're not bad. But if you're not being sustained by something that is going to be everlasting, all those things can be perishable and be gone real quick. So when life hits the crappers, what sustains you? I remember there's times where I didn't know how to pay that bill. And it probably didn't get paid at that season, that moment. But it didn't change my identity and who he was. See, sometimes we're focused so much on the things that sustain us and we lose who we are. No, no, no. By Jesus sustaining us and he is the bread of life. He's the one that fills us. What doesn't matter what comes our way, he is the one that is making us full. Have you been in, in the middle of chaos and you're still happy? People are looking at you like, bro, you are weird. Like, what is, like, you, you, somebody just passed away. Yeah, I know and it hurt, but guess what? He still sustains me. Sometimes all you got in life is, his being, is being sustained by God. Because life hits and all I need is Jesus. He is the bread of life. 
They were looking at Jesus for the wrong reasons of what they can gain and not for what the glory that he was going to give to them. We need Jesus. He is the bread to our life. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that sustains us long term, not just a, a, like a temporary thing, but something that can sustain us for eternity. Aren't you glad that you have a God that, is, that he sustains us? That he's the substance to our life? We just not live life on mediocre things. We live on life that things that really matter in our life. Now I want to go to the second one. So now that we know that he is the bread of life, he's the one that sustains us, really want to focus on this last I am saying that Jesus did was one of the last ones he said on this earth. He said this, I am the vine. I am the vine. John chapter 15, verse one, it says, I am the true vine and the father is the gardener. One night Jesus was arrested, on the night Jesus was arrested to his death, he looks at and illustrates this kind of saying. He says, I am, the last I am saying, which is I am the vine. The key word in all this is he says, I am the true vine. Because you understand that some things can seem true, but if it is, they're not really true. There were so many religious people going on in that world. There were so many people uh, prophesying that they were the Messiah. People thought that John the Baptist was it. But Jesus was saying, hey, all those things might seem true, but I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I am the true source to your growth. By Jesus saying, I am the vine, he says, I am the true source to your growth. Other things might grow you in other areas. Other things might sustain you in other areas. But the true growth that you all, that we all are seeking is found in Jesus Christ. He is the vine. He is the vine. Because people know what fake is. They can read up fake real fast. They know where you are planted in. See, there's two things I need you to understand as Jesus was saying this. Because we, need to, we want to live, as we talked about before, we are in, um, in, our, in our life and in this world and in this year. We are living the year of the more. And God is saying, I want to give you the life and life to the abundance and life to the fullest. So how do we do that when God is trying to grow us in this season? Number one is this. No branch can grow unless it's connected to the vine. A branch cannot grow without it being sustained by the vine. We try to grow in so many other areas, but if there's not a root system to our life, it will perish real quick. COVID hit us, and we try to grow some stuff in our house. We're like, out of nowhere, we're gardeners. We're gar I, I, you couldn't go anywhere and buy anything, so I had some wood in the... In the in the little, on our garage, and I built a flower bed, right? I mean, I was happy about this flower bed. I was like, man, we're going to grow. We don't know if we're going to have food. I'm going to be the farmer, all right? But we grew sunflowers. How are we going to eat sunflowers? And some carrots, okay? So I built this box, right? And the kids were so excited, but they didn't really understand the concept of growing stuff. 
They thought it was going to be in there and be like, next, the next day, Riley's like, where is it? <laughs> it's like 30 days, okay? But um, we're growing. We put it in. We put the seed in. We put the soil. We do everything a couple days, you know, a couple, a couple weeks. We see, you know, it come out and everything. Then fi- finally started becoming big. You know, I'm like, dang, we're, we're, gonna have to, we're real farmers now. You know, like, just we're looking for land, you know? We're getting a cow. We're doing everything. A sunflower came out. You know, we're good. So, um, but we realized real quick that the flower couldn't be sustained because the roots couldn't go deep enough. And the flower died because there was not enough root system to sustain it. And before we tried to pull it out, and it was dead. For us to grow in the Lord as he is divine, our root system has to be deep. When we have shallow root systems, what God is trying to grow will not take hold of us. That's why you think whenever you come to church and it, it just kind of goes one out, one in ear, one out the other, because we dumb sometimes. Because we're not intentionally setting our roots in his word. We're not intentionally setting our roots in his promises. We're not setting our roots in his disciplines. We're not setting our roots in his obedience. So we're wondering, why isn't this thing working for me? Why, is it, why, why does my life seem a little chaotic? What if you built the box a little bit too narrow and it's not deep enough? Only deep roots grow in things that are intentional. See, I wasn't intentional in making the box bigger. So eventually, the roots died. I'm here to tell you, that the vine, Jesus Christ, wants to be in your life and grow some things, but you have to open up the box of your heart and let him go deep. It's too quiet in here. Sorry. Because I need to tell you the truth. There's too many surface-level Christians. And then when the church hurts them or the pastor hurts them, then they're out. You were never rooted before. You're rooted in somebody and not in, the, in, in him. Because when you're rooted in him, it doesn't matter what man says. It matters what he says. Oh, they didn't sing my song. Hey, guess what? Your roots weren't deep enough. Oh, the kids' church wasn't good. Hey, but you didn't volunteer. Your roots weren't deep enough. See? Kids' church. You need a volunteer. Right, baby? She knew while I was talking. She was, she was backing me up. Oh, the pastor didn't say hi to me, so I'm leaving the church. Your roots weren't deep enough. You're building your life on me. I'm going to fail you. But when you build your life on him, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm sustained and deep in him and not in people. See, this is what happens when people go to churches and they build their relationship on the pastor. Or they build a relationship on a person. They build a relationship on the worship team. They build like, oh, it's great music. It's great. Listen, listen. Those things are resources. But if you're not part of the source, the roots are going to be shallow. And you're going to live shallow living. And you're not going to live in the abundance because the abundance is when the roots are deep and it's full of nutrients and it's full of discipleship and it's full of things that are going to sustain you past the hurt. Because the hurt is going to come. Because people hurt people. We can have all the good intentions in the world, but at some point, I'm going to make you mad. 
And then we're going to know real fast where your root system is. We need to be deep in the Lord, in what he has for us. We need to grow down before we grow up. We need to get deeper in him, then he will grow us. The roots have to go deeper. How do you get your roots deeper? You have to get into his word. How do you get deeper? You got to make intentional living to come to church and get into discipleship groups and get into, because we're growing deep. Here at Axios Church, we might not have all the bells and whistles. And guess what? It's intentional because I want, I'd rather you grow deeper than be, uh, than be entertained. Because entertainment is not going to get you to heaven. Deep roots are. Yeah, we'll have all the nice stuff, but I'm here to tell you, I have to face Jesus one day. And he's going he's gonna to have to do double on me. You're good. I get double. So I want to say, hey, I gave all the opportunities. I told him. I want you to dig deep. And dig deep is intentional. And it hurts. And it puts and it gets into your schedule. And it gets into your time. And it gets into all those things. But when you are deep, nothing can waver. There's trees that, they're deep. Because we want to be sustained by the vine. Another thing is this. God is, God is the gardener. And he will do whatever good gardener does, prunes and cuts off. We hate this part. Prunes and cut off. Why do gardeners prune stuff? For it to grow more. Why does gardeners cut leaves and shape all these things? Is to grow a healthier plant. So God is saying, I am the vine. He is the gardener. So that means there's going to be some things that are going to be cut and pruned in your life. And cut and pruned, that hurts. So we got a little plant here. Imagine this is our life. And God says, hey, I need to cut a little bit of that pride in your life. I need to, you know, that relationship that you think it's love, but it's really lust. We need that one out. You know, that, that unforgiveness that you're holding, that you want to, to move on, but you can't because you, you need to forgive that person. I need you to prune. Has anybody felt like this before? bear with you're like god i i can't be prudent anymore the other day somebody comes and cuts our trees and my mom told her to cut it down and i came home and it was cut down i mean no leaves on there or anything like that and i'm like what the heck this thing was this thing was it was it was green it was big. It was time to get a trim. But he said, I needed to cut it fully to, to, the, to the end so we can grow full. I'm like, no, you just broke my tree. You, you literally, I'm not paying you. You broke my tree. But months later, it's full, healthier, 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pay him a little bit more. But there was a season of bear. There was a season where they had to cut it, even though it might look like it was healthy. He still had to prune to make it healthier. Sometimes life is not just good. It needs to be gooder. That's Polk County English. But what happens when we feel so bare, naked to God? What do we do? We don't say, God, thank you for making me like this. No, we start cursing him. And we start saying, God, look what you did. I was this. I was in this relationship. I was this, and God you is stripped away. He said, no, 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 I'm not stripping away for, for you to be down. I mean, it's, I mean, it's for your benefit. Do you know God knows more of your life than you know your life? I'm glad that God pruned me at seasons, and I thought I was flourishing. Let me say that again. He can prune you in the middle of you flourishing because he knows the end from the beginning. And he knows that in a season, even when you're flourishing, there's some things you still got to work on so you can flourish more. What if Jesus told you everything? You will ruin it. So he says this, trust, obey, have faith. God, no. (laughs) Because all of that has to do with me Denying my flesh, picking up my cross daily, and following you. That has to do with me giving you control. Can you trust God even in the bare state? Can you trust God is pruning things to make you better? His job, listen this. Even though this tree is bare, it's his job to grow the branches back is my job to continue to build my roots deep. This is too much. Can you still come to discipleship group when you feel bare? Can you still give when you feel bare? Because it's not our job to build the, the branches back. It's our job to continue to grow in the Lord no matter what. Faith, obedience, and trust. Somebody got to write that down for your life. Faith, obedience, to trust. You can't can't fix this. You, You tried it all. And God is saying, faith, obedience, and trust. He's going to cut some things in your life that you thought was beneficial. But for him, it's not what he's trying to mold and create you to be. See, I told Jess the other day, would it be nice if I was a CEO? Like, would it be nice if I was like an exec, because we were at the, the airport, and I see all these people with jackets and like briefcases, and I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> like, I feel a calling to... To money. (laughs) 
I say, would it be nice? See, sometimes God, 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 God let you humor yourself a little bit. And you're like, God, I, it would be nice to have a little bit of money. Because when I have money, then I'll be a generous giver. When I'm money, I got that nice suit at the airport, you know, with my suit jacket. I'm like, I'm sweating. Wearing, I'm like, how are these people wearing suit jackets right now? But God did not create me for that. But can I strive to be that out of God's will? Yes. And I can manufacture me being a CEO. But am I going to be rooted in what God wants me to do? No. So you have to ask God, doesn't matter how age, what age you are, God, what do you want for my life? Because what he wants for your life might not look like what he wants for somebody else's life. That's why comparison is a killer of your progress. Comparison, put the Instagram away. It's their highlight reel. It's not their real life. It's a filter. It's not the makeup, honey. It, it, it's, they might seem like they're in the private jets and everything like that, but they're so in debt. We have to know what God wants to do in our life. We want to know what he's doing daily in our life. And that takes us being intentional in obedience, faith, and trust. And I'm going to add another word, sacrifice too. I hate being like this because it makes me vulnerable to conditions all around. At least with my, my leaves, I can hide what I'm really dealing with. Because if it gets to the bare bones, I can't hide anymore. I don't even know where I'm in my message. <laughs> he doesn't want you to hide it anymore. Some of you, God is speaking to you right now, online, here. You can come on, Judah. He's saying, stop hiding. Stop cursing me. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not far away. I'm closer. I'm just pruning you. I, I, I'm just pruning. This is a pruning season. Just remember, I am the vine. He's the one that prunes. Your job is to grow those roots deep. Because in the middle of all that, there's going to be times where he, though you feel bare to everything around, you're, you're, you're stripped to the core. And what he says, he says, I am the bread of life. I'm the one that sustains you. In the midst of the in the midst of life itself, I'm the one that sustains you. I'm the one that you need to build your life, build strong, sustainable, uh, with substance kind of life. He is the vine. You know why at times we don't like to grow our roots deep? Because that's the part of the tree that is the most dirty. And it's the darkest. I wish I was on the top of the tree. That's sunlight all the time. But the roots is not what you can show. 
It's what you're growing when nobody's looking around. In those quiet moments with the Lord. When it's not like a presentation. It's not like I can wear my good cross necklace. That don't mean anything. It's making your neck green. <laughs> Got that thing on wish.com. The thing is, who are we fooling? We can fool each other, but you can't fool God. And it's going to come a time in your life that you're going to be face to face with the roots that you built. And you have to make a decision. And I feel for some of us, the decisions today that I need to start building my roots deep in the Lord. I cut my roots short for their potential because of circumstances around me. I'm here to tell you today, for this message, it's time to build deep. Because when you build your roots deep, there's going to be a time where God elevates you. And it's not going to be your charisma that really takes you forward. It's going to be your integrity and character that you built years ago. When no one was looking, when nobody, there's no stage to have, where your talents aren't good enough, where you're, you, the way that you speak and the nice things you do is it, it, not good enough. It's where I built my life solidly on his word not on pieces of his word on his word and when we do that there's going to be seasons and I want you to be aware of this that he does prune some things so that relationship that you it might would you do it because here's the thing God gives us free will he, he, he urges our hearts closer to him and we know some things we need to cut. And when you don't do it, it might be good for a minute. But then that ugly face starts showing up real quick. Will you be obedient to when he says to cut? Will you be obedient when he says to give? Will you be obedient when he says to no? Will you be obedient when he says to shut up? You don't need to cuss that person out because they cut you off. You're never going to see them again. But guess what? You're sinning in your heart with somebody that you don't even know. It's little things like that that, that mess up our root system. Because it says out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. So maybe if that angers you, you need to go to your root system and work on your anger. Work on that temper. Because we're building healthy roots. We're building roots that the, the, the vine, the, the true vine is, is sustaining and, and nurturing and loving. Because one time there's going to be, it only takes one branch to come back. And he is the one. He's the vine. He's the gardener. All I got to do is trust him in the midst of all of it. And knowing who God is, knowing God's role, knowing my role, and let the, uh, let divine intervention happen in the middle and trust him, trust, obey.
sacrifice, have faith in him. Because he would never leave you nor forsake you. The true vine is in the room. He says, I am. I am full authority. He's the one that's in charge. We have to trust him no matter what. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com and in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning. We meet every Sunday and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.